Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. All right, we're here on this lovely Sunday. Um, it's it's all the more lovely because Kevin has decided to join us. Hello. Uh, Max looks you look slightly forlorn at that. Are you are you afraid he's going to take all your hot takes? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the hottest of takes. Well, considering we just did an episode this past week on on retirement, I I think it's probably good that we didn't we didn't bring Kevin cuz I think he would have just had the best the scorchers. The scorching hot takes. Uh, um, I was only uh hitting myself in the head a couple times as I listened to that one. So okay. uh, Yeah, well, because of wait, because of because of what I said or what Max said? More, more you, Pierce. I understand. That's fine. That's fine. You guys are are, are are more thoughtful about you know your futures than than I am, maybe. But then again, I wasn't an engineer, so I already took you know a fire to to my future very early on. Um, but yeah, I. So speaking of of taking fire to things, um, oh I, I think it's been long enough that we can kind of. Talk about things related to what happened a week ago this past Friday. Um, yes. Hmm. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> it has to be done. I, you're, <laughs> you, no, you're right. Yeah, it, well, in case you have been under a rock for a while now, uh, the NCAA men's basketball tournament is going on, and uh, it's often a time where history of some sort or other is made, and... The Virginia men's basketball team, the number one overall seed in the tournament, made history uh, this year. And and no, I, you're you're correct to hear that and say, wait, they didn't win their first ever national championship because the tournament's still going on. Unfortunately, uh, they were indeed the first ever one seed to lose in the first round to a 16 seed, uh, and it sucked. And it really sucked to be. Uh, sitting in a bar in Charlottesville and watching it happen, even if it was with you guys, which I suppose made it slightly better than if I had been watching that alone. Um, but I also think that I recovered from that a lot quicker than uh, than you guys did, because I know I went back to watching basketball that weekend. Um, and And I think it's for a specific reason. Uh, as we were, uh, as our alma mater was getting their asses absolutely handed to them by, uh, a team who came much more prepared to play, I, I had this weird internal conflict, I had this weird cognitive, ugh, cognitive dissonance where I was so, I was furious about what was happening, but there was also this little part of me that was raised to like root for underdogs and and you know amazing things that happen and i was like that part of me was mad at the rest of me for being mad <laughs> because i like I, I was witnessing something that i've you know no one has ever seen before and i like in that regard it was actually really cool um so i i think i think that internal turmoil helped me 
you know, helped me rally and go back to watching basketball. Yeah, I think I actually recovered from it much quicker than I thought I would. But I think it is for a, a very different reason. I think if we would have lost by two points, um, you know, in a close game, I would have just been furious for like a year. But just because we got our asses absolutely kicked, <clears throat> it was it was much more like, oh yeah, this is just a freak tournament and weird stuff happens. I mean, Loyola Chicago is in the Final Four, guys. I mean, that's that. Yeah. You know, and and I suppose that could have been Virginia's spot, but that's like that's really fucking cool that it's Loyola Chicago's anyway. Yeah, the only player on their team I know is Sister Jean. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> <laughs> she's got wicked handles. Well, and by and, that, and I mean I the just, handles on her I walker because she's ninety-eight. Well, yeah, she's ninety-three or is she ninety-eight. 94? I thought it was. 98, right? Oh, well, I mean, listen, no one was there when she was born, so we really don't know how old she is. That's my general feeling. Well, I don't, like, Tony Bennett's supposed to be a godly man. I don't understand why God doesn't yeah. like him, you know? Are well, you Danny Almonteing Sister Jean? No, I'm just saying, like, this is the thing with old people. I went over it with my grandfather, who recently turned 90. I was like, oh, yeah, it's your 90th birthday. And sometimes I'm not sure which day he was born. And he's and I called him on the right day, and last year I didn't. And I'm like, well, you know, no one else was there, so we don't – it's your word <laughs> against ours at this point. So, um, no, I, so I didn't recover from this as as quickly. And, and I – part of it can be just uh, – you know this this kind of sports is a drug thing and it's very much very much a downer when when you know this thing that you're obsessing over lets you down and and you don't you don't mm-hmm. get what you want i mean it's very i don't know it's very selfish of me to to be like well my team didn't win so screw everyone else as opposed to this getting on board with the UMBC but I had someone at work who, who also went to UVA, and they said, yeah, I'm not as connected to UVA anymore, so I was very happy about UMBC. And I didn't say anything because it's at work, but I'm like, no, I'm all about UVA. How can you not, like, really feel about this? How are, how are you not angry? And I part of me has to, to wonder if, if, like, I am... I don't know if I'm if I'm almost obsessed in a way with the the downer stuff because I get really I, I when the Nats lose in the playoffs every year I stop watching the playoffs after that when the Caps lose in the playoffs every year I stop watching after that I didn't really watch football this year but if the Giants had not been complete crap and made the playoffs I pro and lost in the first round I probably would have stopped watching after that and I'd like to say that it's because. Uh, you know the the loss really hurts and that's why i'm watching i'm watching because i'm interested in in this one team but you know those underdog stories are usually a lot of fun and this year i'm i'm not watching yeah i mean you know i i had a different experience from you i mean my football team was not complete crap uh this year but they suffered a heartbreaking playoff loss in, in in really like the most gut-wrenching way imaginable and i mean i I don't know i still watch the super bowl um my you know i I can't really say too much about baseball because uh my my primary baseball team won the world series Mm -hmm. um and then the the hockey team that i loosely follow uh has gone from you know i think winning the stanley cup three times in a six year period to having, I think maybe the worst record, uh, in, in the NHL this year. Um, 
So, so one thing that you know I, I think about um, the, the Giants, the the Saints, obviously the 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 Patriots. Thinking of football, uh, you mentioned a curious thing to me, Sean, which is that you got excited about the team this year and they didn't end up losing. But I have a question, and I think especially Max, and I can ask it of myself too, which is you hit that pinnacle with, with you win a Super Bowl, you win a championship. UVA hasn't done it, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, most Washington teams haven't done it, obviously. I forgot to mention the Wizards, who also always go out in the second round. Oh, yeah, they have no business winning them. Yeah, they have no business, which is a different thing. All these other teams have had business winning them. <laughs> but do you... So this year, do you think that you got near those same highs um, that you did with winning a Super Bowl? I guess my my hypothesis is that you can't you can't get back there maybe to the same highs ever again. So you're talking about with the Saints, yeah. So it's hard to say because they didn't. I think the circumstances were a little different than they were in 2009. So the big thing that happened in 2009 is that the Saints were clearly like the best team in the NFL the whole season. They won their first 13 games in a row. Um, and they like coasted into the playoffs as a one seed. They were able, they like rested players down the stretch, lost their last three games because it didn't matter. Um, but everyone, it just it had this feeling of you know it had that team of destiny feeling like they there was some some sort of higher power. Like Sister Jean had put in a, a word with the big guy upstairs to to get a championship for the Saints. Oh, she's friends with Tom Benson, the late Tom Benson. <sighs> Maybe, maybe who knows? Um, <laughs> I mean, they're they're about the same age, actually. Only they would know. Only they would only know. right. Um, and I think so. I think there is an element of a team that's never won a championship, has never won a title of some sort, wins their first one, and you can never win your first one again. I agree with that. However. I felt, I think like 95% of how I felt in 2009 this year. They went on an eight-game winning streak. Like, after the first two weeks, I was ready for this to be just another Saints season where I was like, all right, I'm done. It, it, they, they suck again. Um, and then they ripped off this, you know, amazing eight-game winning streak. They had a crazy comeback overtime win against the Washington Racelers to keep it going. Um, and, and they, like... You know, they vaulted themselves into this place where they were this team that was getting talked about, like, you don't want to play the Saints in the playoffs. But it was a little different because they weren't ever. They never made it back up to that point where they were in the number one spot because the Eagles and the Vikings and the Rams, um, two of those teams, uh, teams that beat the Saints in the regular season, were were also playing so well. Um but I just I know I think so I don't know I think because I can only speculate on this I think the way the Saints lost to the Vikings in the divisional playoffs this year I think I felt about the same way that I would have felt if they had flamed out in a similar way in 2009 I think it it I think it would have hurt the same. I can't I, – I, I don't I don't have any teams 
where a second championship has occurred. Um, although, for, actually, that's not entirely true. It's just not the, the ultimate title. I mean, UVA has now won ACC regular season titles, uh, what is it, three of the last five years. Um, yeah, they've won right. They've won two ACC tournament championships. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are they're still really cool they're still awesome so the thing i think about with as you described this season and and being uh what i hear is awe like i was Mm -hmm. ready for them to be crap and they weren't crap um it is very surprising on the other end of the spectrum you know max you have the sense of of all the dunkin donuts and the the (laughs) irish bars in in new england and how when you have the expectations that you're going to win every year can you is it really a high anymore if it's the expectation and then how is that low when you don't meet it yeah it's definitely still high for sure and okay Um, so so last year with the falcons thing i'm sure that that was a high because that was ridiculous and and the falcons just pooped themselves basically yeah they did yeah i think it's i think it's still you know, it may not be to the same level, but you're you're going for something different, um, which is you know more of the, the the dynasty effect than just a single one-off win. Yeah, which I think is is just as cool, and it really you know it galvanizes the argument for for theoretically greatest franchise of all time. Things like that. I'm yeah. not going to get into that argument, but I, it still means a lot. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I think the point about about the defeats being not as painful is probably also true. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's it, you know, it's not as heart-wrenching as some that I yeah. recall. Well, and I think it's, it's not as heart-wrenching because, like, well, we have all the other ones. It's like, it sucks that this year didn't, didn't pan out, but it's not like the UVA loss where you haven't won before and this might have been the best chance. Like, clearly yeah. UVA was the best. I mean, Kansas is... Kansas-Villanova are still in tournament, but I'm not convinced by Kansas. <laughs> Nor should you be. I mean, the the other the other team besides Villanova that has the chance to, to really win the championship this year is, unfortunately, it's the evil empire of college basketball. It's Duke. Oh, well, well Mike Krzyzewski doesn't re- represent the NCAA. What are, you, what are you talking about? He's not a complete <laughs> sellout who has a team full of one-and-dunners. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, yeah, I think I think Tony should just switch to the two three zone whenever we get to the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, so I I think that it, it makes me think. So you've got this someone with all the expectation, you know, Max's Patriots, and then Sean. This year, you had an underdog team in the Saints who never rose to like that number one spot. I mean, power rankings week to week, maybe they were there. Kevin, this year with this UVA team where uh, we weren't ranked coming in the season, your expectations were, I think, probably around mine, which is we might be a tournament team. Do you feel that there was that underdog aspect? And that's that's what I think is like there's there's something fun in the under, underdog aspect. But once we got over that and we're the unanimous number one seed, did that – do you feel like in some ways that, that kind of made it another stressful go, which is what we're kind of used to? Uh, I'd say so. My big thing going into the season was uh, I, I tell people, like, you know, this year, it, the last year we, we didn't do so well, and I kind of had 
reasonable expectations for the team, but this year I had basically none. I was like, you know, if we go on the road and lose at Wake Forest, you know, that's okay because this team will be growing and it'll, they'll be fun to watch. And then by the time we got to the Wake Forest road game, I was like, this team better not lose again because we're on a roll and we look really good. It'll be disappointing. Well, and and to add on to it, because Coach Bennett has now done this with this team, now all of a sudden the expectations become every year. He, I mean, he can take you know he can take uh, any any clay from anywhere and turn it into the most beautiful pottery, it, just because of his methodical way that he does things. I mean, he can turn it into Clay Thompson. Yeah, he, yeah, he can turn any clay into Clay Thompson. That's, um, that's the truth. I, I mean, I, I think, I think you're right. I mean, I think the biggest thing. It seems like the biggest thing that Tony Bennett has done for Virginia basketball is that he's changed the frame of reference he's changed what we expect as fans and and we don't we don't expect necessarily that uh you know some some growth and player development is okay even if it means a loss on the road at wake forest you know we we expect that it's going to be a you know a well-run team that is a you know a a double by seed in the acc tournament and and you know, could have the chance to do something like go on the road in Durham and beat Duke, um, and and it makes it it makes it harder. It makes it shittier when they lose in the tournament to anybody, um, because you expected more than that. But like in a weird way, doesn't it also just you know with what's happened this season? I feel like it almost makes it poetic that like the underdog unexpected number one team in the tournament, you know, loses in the ultimate underdog scenario. Yeah. Um, and the, almost the, the blowout nature of it makes it all the louder. It's like, wow, this, none of this makes sense. A blowout against maybe the, the best defensive team ever. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know what a better one is, but find me one and fine. I'll give you that. Okay. We're number two of all time to yeah. get just, beat that way i think the best thing i saw was uh, uh john gassaway wrote um a great art- article on his personal blog or he said that some people uh blame losses like this on virginia's slow pace however umbc was scoring 1.5 points per possession so if they played more possessions they would have lost by more points <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm gonna remember that whenever it well Ultimately, this is this is this is about me, and and I say this about me as is anyone <laughs> wow. who like follows UVA basketball and follows in such a way that other people know that for the rest of our lives, people and you know it'll probably get so annoying that I hope I don't live as long as Sister Jean because then I'll have you know however many more years of going at that. But people uh, people will always bring this up, and I think that 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 in some ways because it is it is truly historic. It's not like. You know, the Patriots' super first Super Bowl is not a, as big a deal because there was a second and there was a third. Um, well, their first Super Bowl was pretty cool, but there was a second or third. We're always going to be the first team to lose to a 16 seed. Sure. And honestly, we might be the only one ever because it, it almost feels like UMBC shouldn't have been a 16 seed. So they'll probably be better about picking the 16 seeds going forward. Well, I, I don't know about that last part because – so. After after they beat us, my two thoughts were either I want them to either look like complete dog shit in their next game, or I want them to make a run to the Final Four. And, and they yeah. didn't do either of those things. <laughs> no, no, I mean they no, looked no, pretty they, bad against Kansas they, State. Yeah, they did uh, one of them. So I was, 
yeah, I was happy to see like, yeah, it was a free game. It makes it easier to swallow. But I, I and I think that it again, I recovered pretty quickly, but it's really gonna be annoying next year when we're kicking everyone's ass again and everyone's like, Oh, but they're gonna lose in the first round like they always do. And yeah, That's, and the the annoying thing about it is that it took I, I, has, I guess Tony's been there for did say nine years or seven years. Yeah, it's nine. It's nine. So it's taken nine years for him to reframe the expectations for Virginia fans. And actually, it probably took him more like six years. And it took nine years for that to start catching up with the rest of the, the basketballing universe. Mm-hmm. And it took exactly 40 minutes of game time for everyone else's expectations to snap right back to like the Dave Latow era. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm, I'm trying, like it took, it took a lot of, you know, uh, reading sort of reassuring Tony Bennett is still a great coach. You know, this is still a great team article. So like I had to struggle to not get snapped back into it too. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the thing about all of those, and of all things, I saw a John Feinstein tweet. Of all, I mean, oh like boy. he's been around basketball, but like I, he's he's like old guard, like kind of a kind of cheesy. But you know, he said basically shut up. And the the thing that I realized in all this is all of a sudden people have decided Tony Bennett failed Virginia in some way. It's like no, no. Tony Bennett made Virginia. We don't have this conversation right. if Tony Bennett is there. So he's the one that's too good for us. We I mean, don't want him to leave. I want him to be there forever. I want him to be there until he's his oldest sister, Jean. Me too. Of, um, of all the people, because, of all the people to come to his defense, I mean, I hate Jim Beheim. I he's yeah. a crotchety old bastard, and he really he's angry all the time, and he's the re you know. Well, he's not the reason on his own, but he, you know he he says shit like, "Why would we ever bother playing the ACC tournament in North Carolina ever again?" I'm like, "Well, fuck you, because it's great there." Um, but like, he came out hard in defense of Tony Bennett. It was like anyone who suggests that this is like that he failed UVA somehow, like that's it's ridiculous. He's one of the best coaches in the country. And you just you have to recognize that one game doesn't change that. Um, so like I, I had this weird moment, you know, similar to my moment of internal turmoil watching the game happen. I was like, wait, do I like Jim Beheim now? The answer is still no. But uh, uh, he absolved all sins for me. Cause nah, the, uh, nah. The, the the two best parts were a he was like, well, yeah, Pittsburgh didn't like that their coach didn't get him very far, so <laughs> they like, they they paid him to go. And um, oh, and then at the end he was like, and yeah, Tony, but it's great. They kick our ass every single time we play, and then we got lucky once. So that made me feel. I better. mean, I I appreciate it, but that, I don't. Uh, it doesn't really change how I feel about him yeah. on the whole. Yeah. So um, so Pierce, I do I do want to ask again. Um, so I have never the closest I have had to a team that I truly care about winning a full out championship would be, I guess, the UVA baseball team a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And then I only watched, you know, the College World Series. Yeah. But um, I, haven't, I haven't been fortunate enough to get the high of the drug of sports. So do you like the UVA situation better where, let, let's, say the, let's say the UVA never wins a championship because the tournament's random, but yeah. we just keep having these regular seasons. 
Do you like that better, or do you find more enjoyment in the Giants being very so mediocre most I, I of the time, but having it, these two random championships? So I would say the thing about it is just the 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 way that I'm connected to it. Football football is only 16 games, and then you have the playoffs. There's you know you you connect with them once a week and stuff like that. UVA not only do we go there, but there are so many more games, and these are—I mean, these are young people, and you see the young people grow and the progression like that. And there are just so many more ways to engage, and I think basketball is just more enjoyable. So, like, I'm always going to enjoy watching basketball, even if it's heartbreaking more more than than the football. I would say. Um, I would also say that, like, but it does make the hurt greater because of the way you connect to it it's like the you know the Nats games when I had cable I could watch the Nats basically every day all summer and so when they don't meet expectations which they I'm sure they won't again this year it's gonna suck again because I'm gonna have had those connections all the time so I I really appreciate the proximity that adds to my enjoyment but it also adds to the pain so like yeah I, I you know I want as many connections to this drug as possible but I also know the dangers inherent in that. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is I'm I'm a masochist. Okay, that's what I'm <laughs> saying. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I would. I, I think I'm inclined to agree. I, I mean, the Saints. The Saints winning a Super Bowl is a memory I'll never. I would never trade for you know, uh, for anything, but. You know, I think a lot, really every year, about how the aim of the NCAA tournament is not to determine the best team. Because if it were, you wouldn't have 64 teams in the field. You wouldn't play a single elimination style. Um, you know, it, it's it's random. Like, wild shit happens and UMBC wins. Or, you know, an underseeded 13 seed uh, you know, knocks off two teams and goes to the second weekend, or VCU goes to the final four. You know, uh, Butler comes—I I don't know—an inch and a half uh, on a bank shot from beating Duke and winning the national championship. Um, you know, it's so I'll—I'll I'll take. I will happily take continued. You know. 25 to 30 win seasons it's just like it's amazing to see you know what this team does i mean we all watched will Sherrill and mustafa farrakhan play like that was no good i saw mustafa farrakhan kill a man <laughs> oh spe- speaking he, he of done. speaking of i think we should offer an obituary for our beloved joe harris who you mentioned earlier oh, yeah um who yeah. was done actually you know what I just saw the dunk on on my phone. It it really wasn't that bad for a LeBron dunk. It, he's gonna be fine. He's gonna make a full recovery for for a LeBron dunk. I mean that that, that there's so much of that he didn't get Jokic'd. Or wait, no, wait, it wasn't Jokic. It was the other dude, right? I've, I I've been know. out of touch uh, the, with basketball. The the Blazers guy that used to be on Nur- Nurkic. Nurkic. He got he didn't get Nurkic'd, but he did get dunked on. Well, yeah, he got dunked on. People get dunked on all the time. I know, but you don't yeah. want to get Brockton killed LeBron his rookie year. Right. Oh, that's right. Uh, I mean, not really, because Brockton gets the ball just above the rim. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't. I I really don't have any other thoughts on this yeah. other than like I clearly I like pain, um, but I try to set. That's the biggest thing is it's more fun when your expectations are all over the place. But once your expectations are high and 
it sounds like Max, you kind of you know are in the same boat. It's like I don't know. Maybe the pain is not as bad when it's really high, but when you haven't won before and expectations are high, I think that's a terrible combination. Which is unfortunately the situation that the Caps, UVA, and the Nationals are all in. So, like I said, I like. But you forgot about the UVA football team. Uh, oh, did we have one of those? I thought I thought we just I thought we were just the the cupcake that the the academies the the military academy schedule in in like cold months so they can beat up on us so they can stay so they can stay warm basically. Oh man, yeah, we shouldn't be allowed to go to bowl games anymore. I I mean, I it's entirely possible that we won't be in a position <laughs> where. A, a bowl committee will have to make that decision. That's good. Well, yeah, they're yeah. welcome. Uh, <laughs> oh god. But uh, lastly, for me on the basketball team, I do think that the the ACC tournament wins do help because it shows that we can win these these tournaments. And yep. I guess it's only three games, but um, uh, we've won two of them, so that's cool. I don't know. Makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could it could have been worse. We could have been undefeated in the regular season. You can make a very easy case that we should have been. So, well, oh I mean, you trade the Virginia Tech loss for the Louisville win, you know. Uh, un- undefeated point. ACC slate. At least we could have always been like that. But as as it is, at NBC, kill us. Go go Ramblers. Um, yeah, watch out, San Antonio. <laughs> If uh, if you've got thoughts on on the game or, or you know uh, how you feel about uh, UVA basketball in the wake of sixteen gate, uh, come check us out on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod and uh, let us know what you think. All right, uh, now that we've gone through that group therapy session together, uh, it's time for Pierce to exercise his own personal demons. Yeah, uh, it's a little segment we call Pierce is sorry. What's on the docket this week, man? Yeah, uh, so so Max actually reminded me before the show what my apology should be this week. Uh, Max, where did we go yesterday? We went into Washington, D.C. What, why did we go into Washington, D.C.? To stand for our lives. Okay, so we went to the March for Our Lives, which was a lovely event. Uh, it was really great. Uh, Max and I were, I, I mean, I was really impressed by a lot of, most of the speeches some were very very good uh, about the for the 11 year old Virginian uh, whose name escapes me at the moment uh, from Alexandria I, 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 I'm down for I'll vote for her whenever she's whenever she's eligible um, but they also had these performers there um, at this this lovely event and one of the performers comes up and they've got these screens we're very far away because there were hundreds of thousands of people there mm-hmm. Um Max, Max and I, neither of us listen to a lot of pop music. Max, probably less than me. Um, and so you did not know who this particular individual was. Um, I said I knew who the individual was. Who did I say the individual was? You said it was Miguel. Yes, yes. My and response was, who is that? So, which is reasonable, and I tried to explain, which I couldn't explain very well. <laughs> I'm apologizing this week because, Max, who was actually on the screen? Vic Mensa. Yes. Miguel oh, and Vic not... Mensa are not the same people no, as, as you might imagine. Nor do they um, particularly look alike. No, not 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 really. Not right. not that's, really that's at what all. I'm I, and so 
I, you know, I apologize. They are both very good artists, and I would suggest listening to both of them. But they yeah. are quite different, and they don't really look like, and I can't even be like, oh, the screen wasn't very good or blurry, because there were two different screens to look off of. So, and the... The conversation was also loud enough that you were not informing just me, but in fact, <laughs> everyone around us who also didn't know who the, who the person was. And they were like, oh, oh okay, it's Miguel. Oh, yeah. They listened to you. They trusted you. Yeah. You let them down. So, at, oh. as always, um, as they say to us at, at work all the time, trust, but verify. Ha. Oh. You should also shout out some wow, other performers. Wow, 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 wow. Oh, oh, yeah. By far the, the best performer, um, Max and I agree, was, uh, was, was definitely Ariana Miley. Grande. No, no. <laughs> no. She, she, she sang like a, like, it she was, kept saying, it was weird. She kept saying, like, let's go. And then she went and tried to dance with some of the student speakers there, and they were like, no, <laughs> no, thank you. M- Miley Cyrus was had had the had the the cadence and the the mood and everything just right, and she's also really talented. Um, I would I would take weird and talented over um, mediocre and not, which is you know what I have now. Mm-hmm. So right. so that's my apology. I'm I'm sorry to Miguel and Vic Mensa and and their fans and the people that I misinformed. Uh, I'm not even. I'm not going to say like if you were offended, you should be offended because I'm an idiot. So there we go. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll close the show with a big idea from pop culture, and I'll, I'll give a quick nod to um, a, a truly ridiculous uh, feud between uh, Vince Young and Jeff Fisher. Uh, oh, two unemployed people are arguing. Are, are you talking about ten years ago? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so roughly ten years ago or so, um, or or, or some t- sometime uh, after their uh, their brief time together with the Tennessee Titans was a spectacular failure. Uh, Vince Young uh, said that he had sent Jeff Fisher a letter apologizing for his immaturity, uh, but that Jeff Fisher had uh, never answered the letter. Uh, uh, indicating to the the quarterback that Fisher uh, quote unquote didn't give two shits about him. Mm. Um, so Fisher responded uh, this week. He said, "Yes, I got a letter from Vince, and I didn't respond. My name was spelled wrong on the letter." <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So I, I, I mean, we we talk a lot about how how words are important. But I mean, Jesus, that's some petty shit. I mean, he's got a name. He has a name that has common variants to it. Yeah. I like get the fuck out of here, Jeff Fisher. Go have a mustache somewhere else. Would you um, rather have Jeff Fisher coach your football team or Kevin Scott Stallings coach your basketball team? Oh wow! Wow. Oh, seven and nine wow. is way more painful than like two and eighty-seven or whatever he was. I think it was twenty-one and eighty-seven or what? That's because because you you know out of the gate that you're only winning two games. If you if you win seven, that means part of the season you're like, oh, this might work out. Um, but Jeff Fisher yeah. is basically like a seven and nine death sentence. Yeah, yeah, he is. Well, that's that's why I thought he didn't respond that's to the letter. Cap. It takes a lot of work to go seven to nine because you fall into just just below like, oh, we have hope. It's like we don't have any hope, but we're also going to win seven games, so we'll never get a draft pick. You're just stuck right. there. It's your floor and your ceiling. Yeah. You're more Jeff or less Jeff Fisher guaranteed. is purgatory. Yeah. 
Yeah. Right, but there's no tanking in college basketball because you don't get a number one pick. Mm. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't I really don't want to have to make that choice uh, which is why All I'm right. going to shift gears and do what my actual plan was for the big idea which is to point out uh, that since I was not on the show last week unfortunately I had one really uh, brutal day of work and I was there very late uh, and and was not able to get out in time to record uh, so this is officially my first episode as a print newspaper <laughs> subscriber and I know what you're thinking. Uh, it is, in fact, 2018 and not 1988. Um, but I wanted digital access to the Washington Post for more than 10 articles a month. And they wanted less money for uh, for digital and Sunday-only print delivery than they wanted for digital. So it uh, seemed like a no-brainer. Uh, and I've been enjoying it. Uh, I can I can wake up on a Sunday morning and know that I have a paper on my doorstep, and I can make coffee, and uh, and you know, you know, if it's a nice day, I can go find some place to sit outside and and read, you know, the read the magazine or or look at you know, see what uh, see what the sports columnists have to say and that sort of thing. So uh, like I'm I'm enjoying this. Yeah, well, uh, you enjoy enjoy all the like really just uh, towards probably August all the the doomed um, national stock from Tom Boswell and stuff. I'm excited because I get uh, every I guess every year uh, the last Wednesday before opening day they do a a special extra issue for uh, for Sunday subscribers. I get a Bryce Harper poster that I will not hang up in my home because I'm not a Nats fan and don't mm-hmm. care all that much. Yeah. Um, will they will they send you cool one anyway. next year when he's a Yankee though? I mean, probably not a Bryce Harper poster, but I would oh. assume it'll be someone else. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm doomed if they take their Sunday crossword and make you have to pay for that because right now it's free online. So, oh yeah, if that changes, I might have to join you. Hmm. It's a. I mean, it's a good deal. It it shakes out to about a dollar a week for the year. Give it out. Man, we are the best financial podcast there is. Retirement deals on newspapers. Hashtag really, content. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what, Motley Fool, hire us. Um, don't, don't, don't actually don't do that. Never mind. Um, yeah. Uh, any any other thoughts? Max, are you gonna start? You, Max actually has two books from us that he has to read. So wow. we'll check in in six or seven months when he's done. I have one. Okay, the other one is this sitting, uh, you know, oh, pretty close to you. But yeah, yeah, you're right. I have like four or five books that I've started, so I, I'm not, uh, I'm not gonna judge you for that. Yeah. You do you. Yeah. Um, that's, that's all yeah. I got. Okay, cool. Well, that is the end of the show. Uh, thank you to Kevin for joining us. Thanks for having me. You can uh, come find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty Okay Pod. Or drop us a line at it's pretty okay at gmail.com if you want to let us know what you think. You can get this and every episode of the show at our home on the web, www.prettyokaypod.com. We've got uh, writings there. Uh, Pierce wrote something last week about um, uh, an incident with a lost dog and, and mm-hmm. you know how it, it fed into how he was thinking about the March for Our Lives, uh, which was, you know, I thought it was a really good piece. Um, glad we have it on the site. Uh, we've got some music writing. Um, 
and you know i've i've been doing plenty of internet reading so uh you know maybe as as we start getting into the the nice weather time of the year we might have more frequent link extravaganzas yeah. um if that's not really your jam you can subscribe to our feed so you never miss an episode you can get us on your device of choice on apple podcasts or most other places that you get uh sweet sweet audio content um all right we will uh i think that's it we'll be back again next week as always to talk about something else until then i'm sean i'm pierce i'm max thanks for listening bye the thing that i tell you now it may not go over well oh it may not be thought of the way that i spell it out but you won't hear from the messenger Though I don't know about something that you don't understand You got no fear of the underdog I try you will not survive